Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We've made a little bit of equity out of that one, so it gave us an opportunity then to, to move on to our next. That time was a bit scary for us. And I think everyone has that sort of fear. It's, it's the fear of the unknown rather than what could go right. Once you sort of jump in and, and understand that the property is, is the way forward, then, then you'll never look back. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with Craig Malvin a partner at Linda Group and a proud family man. He shares all there is to know about his transition from a customer service newbie through to his status as a legendary well-known Penrith name. Plus, he reveals why sometimes it pays to listen to your little sister. Craig Melbourne is the property real estate licensee and director of Linda Group, a real estate agency based in Sydney. With a varied career background before he made his way into property, he's always followed his passions and now he's following in his younger sister's footsteps. The Linda Group may be a family business but it's Melbourne's talent and dedication that has guided him to where he is today. Mainly my day involves a lot of property management and, and making sure the business is operating um, profitably day to day. Um, also concentrate on doing a lot of, lot of the sales, um, open homes and pretty much running the whole, the whole business day to day. Um, we've been Linda Group now for three years um, and it's yeah, getting busier and busier which is, which is fantastic. I've been in real estate now for since about 2010, um, started investing in around 2008 and that sort of gave me my passion to get into, into real estate. Um, I joined a local company in Penrith um, for years, was sales manager there for, for four or five years um, and my sister has been a mortgage broker for years and years and we sort of put our heads together one day and thought we can we can do all this ourselves um we found there was a bit of a, a niche in the market where she's dealing with a lot of investor clients um and we're doing a lot of, a lot of properties for them building properties and then had no one really to manage their properties for them and help them look after it so we thought well there's a there's an opportunity there how do we how do we create a business that can can be pretty much a one-stop shop for all of our all of our investors um from finance through to real estate to, to managing their property and um, and then helping them also grow their portfolio. Melvin's sister, Kimberly Linda, founded the company just as COVID-19 was also setting up shop. Between the handful of passionate property lovers at Linda Group and the way the market exploded soon after they set out, he hasn't looked back once. But COVID seemed, it seemed to help make our business. Um, got a lot of trust through that time with, with a lot of our existing clients and, and now, yeah, three years on we managed 130 properties and um 
And it's, it's going really, really well. And the beauty of it is, I guess, most of it's come from word of mouth and existing clients. Um, so there's already that trust there with, with, with existing clients, um, which makes, makes the job a lot, a lot easier from my part. His typical day involves a lot of emails and phone calls along with what goes on in the background of a real estate agency. It can certainly get busy, but he definitely enjoys it. Just a matter of making sure you manage it properly. Um, from the from the business I was in before, I sat in an office with, with about 10 property managers. So I got to hear a lot of their conversations with tenants. Um, so a lot of that, I think, not at the time, not knowing at the time that it was actually feeding into my brain and hearing that. Um, but now, now that I get to deal with, with tenants, you know, I've, I've heard all those conversations before um, and I think it just it just sort of gave me a really good perspective on what the property management side of the business was like. Um, and, you know, tenants, I've always thought tenants can become buyers, can become sellers and can become really, really good clients. And that's how I've always treated all, all of my tenants and all of my clients. Um, I just think that's, that's the best way to continue to grow your business. He takes us on a trip down memory lane, venturing out to Penrith where his childhood was full of fun, games and toasted sandwiches by the pool. Grew up in Emir Plains which is just at the foothills of the, the Blue Mountains on the Nepean River. Um, my dad still lives in the house we grew up in, um, been there 40, 40 odd years. We're always, always outdoors like, you know, outdoors until the, till the street lights come on then we had to go home for dinner and um, I was very lucky. We grew up right behind the high school at at Nepean High and so we could just walk out the back gate and we're onto, onto all the fields so forever with the local kids playing footy and hitting golf balls and and all that sort of stuff going swimming in the in the Nepean River uh, which I know my dad didn't like at all um, but yeah riding riding BMX bikes lots of lots of storm drains and things to to stack your bike in there and, and get around so it was very very outdoors sort of sort of growing up um, Real great, great family up, upbringing. Um, Mum and dad loved having anyone over at any time. Um, all the local kids, all the local kids were, were welcome at any time. Um, we, had, we had a pool in our backyard, an old above ground pool, and at any time there could be 20 or 30 kids come over for a swim and, and mum and dad didn't care, you know, so um, it was great. And that, that sort of gave us, that, that gave us a really good um, perspective on life and, and just family values and, and those sorts of things. There's always toasted sandwich and things in that for kids. And yeah, so that's probably why they kept coming over to get a feed, I guess. I went to Nepean High, um, which was great because I could just walk straight out the back doors at school and come home for lunch every day. And um, yeah, so so that was good. Went through to year 12, did my HSC. Um, was never really sure what I wanted to do after that. What he was sure of, however, was his desire to have a family. Now, his kids are young adults making their way into the working world much like when he did when he was their age but that's not the only similarity. Got married in 93 which is 30 year anniversary this year and got two, two kids. Liam works um, in IT for, for a, a major bank um, and my daughter's in hospitality so she sort of followed my, my path. I started, um, I started in Penrith Panthers in hospitality in 89 and worked there for 15 years. Um, managing and looking after bars there um, before I got into to the real estate space. Um, I got a job at, at Penrith Panthers, a casual job, and then that turned into permanent and management. And you know, 15 years later, I I, I left I left there. So um, I've always loved the hospitality industry. That that's always been my passion. Um, 
helping people and um you know customer service and just love that sort of i'm not a massive fan of the nine to five um i could never just sit in an office for nine to five and do, do paperwork i have to be out and about or you know different hours and 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 engaging with people and talking to people all the time and i guess real estate gives you that opportunity as well it's not a not a nine to five office job it's a 24 7 job sometimes um yeah yeah but but um yeah panthers panthers gave me a, an incredible grounding um I, I met some really really good people there some great managers um real forward thinkers um people like roger cow and are just really real visionaries um and to be able to spend time with some of those people um at that time gave me a real different perspective on life after leaving the Penrith Panthers in 2004, he continued to work with some very well-known companies with household names. I worked with Coca-Cola Amadol out at Northmead um, for five or six years. Um, and that was more of a, I sort of had to give up the nights and that sort of thing because the kids were getting to a point where needed to run around for school and things like that. So that was more of a, more of a necessity than, than, than a want, um, but really enjoyed that time. Um, and then after five years, I'd sort of had enough of enough of that that sort of life, and thought, "Oh, what's next?" Um, I just started investing. I knew a couple of local real estate agents in the in the Cranbrook area, really good mates, and yeah, got into real estate and haven't looked back since. The shift into business development required a completely different skill set, but it was one Malvin had prepared earlier. My last couple of years at um, Penrith Panthers, I was um, a manager of one of the one of the satellite clubs at Glenbrook. Um, Glenbrook, Glenbrook Bowling Club. So you know, and I'd also done um, a business management degree through through TAFE um, back in back in two thousand. So I guess I'd already got into that 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 business development side for a while. Um, you know, more running running the the club than than looking after the staff and 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 day to day day to day chores. Um, so looking at analysing um, budgets and things like that. So. Um, I'd, I'd already done all that, so to get in a coke into sort of a selling role and then a business development role where I'm going out and talking to to clients and getting them to to come on board, etc., um, seemed to be a pretty pretty easy change for me. They allowed that for me, so um, and and that they had just their training their training at that club um, at the time I was there was just just amazing. Just they 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 really really wanted you to go out and and learn as much as you could and they had their own internal courses and and things like that to do with business management and a lot of a lot of um i guess stuff like nlp and and, and things like that where you know you teach you to, to to think a little bit different and um yeah yeah it's it a really good time Melvin has been on the fence about property investment for several years before taking the plunge. However, just like the Linda Group started at an uncertain time in the market, so did his investment journey. Our first investment um, was about 2008, was the first first property we bought. Um, my sister had been asking me for years and years to, to get into it and knowing how successful she'd been, I was quite stubborn and um, yeah, she, she'd been going for five or six years before before we, we took the plunge. Um, I guess for us it was, the first one was more out of fear and what could go wrong rather than, than what can go right. Um, you know, when you've got, a, you've, got a, you've got a big mortgage, you've got kids going through school and um, you know, there's not a lot of, not a lot of money there for, for that sort of thing, it's, it's very hard to to take that plunge um but once we we did and and had a look at what kimberly was doing and and found the right type of property um being a being a cash positive property 
um, positively geared, then you know after after sort of 12, 18 months, we thought, yeah, we're, we're doing the right thing here, um, and that's when we sort of said, well, you know, what's next step? Let, let's look at another property. You know, so we 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 made a little bit of equity out of that one, so it gave us an opportunity then to to move on to our next. Um, yeah, so so that 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 time was that time was a bit a bit scary for us. Um, and, and I think everyone has that sort of fear. It's, it's the fear of the unknown rather than, than what, what, you know, what could go right. Uh, but once you, once you sort of jump in and, and understand that the property is, is the way forward, then, then you'll never look back. And, and I always say now, my worst, worst decision is I didn't start five or six years earlier. He walks us through the ins and the outs of that first property he purchased. Being a local in the area, so I knew the areas pretty well. Um, around Penrith area and it's a place called Cambridge Park um, and we bought a, a property as an 800 square meter corner block um, so I was thinking at the time that there could be a chance to at some stage knock down do a duplex do a or, or do something else else with it with a block of land um, it, it was a an older style three bedroom um, brick veneer home it did have an old garage that had been converted into a granny flat at the back um so yep so obviously we had the we had the 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 two lots of income so tenant out the front tenant out the back which which made the the pace uh the place positively geared um you know and that that was our our idea was well we don't have a lot of money to 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 throw at investing so how can we minimize what we have to put in um to to start to to start to grow our portfolio um and in that time there was a fair bit of, of um capital growth in the area so it's probably a bit of luck with the with the right timing. Um, two thousand eight, obviously we had the GFC, and then two thousand nine, two thousand ten, things started to started to kick kick again. So um, we had that equity, and we went, okay, well, what's or well, Kimberly? Kimberly persuaded us to say, hey, you've got this equity now, and what are you going to do next? Uh, once again, we we're a bit hesitant, but we then went and bought bought another property, um, very similar, an old three bedroom home over in Cranebrook with with a granny flat. Uh, positively geared, geared as well, um, and that sort of kickstarted us, started us on our journey. That is amazing. And, and since then, since two thousand eight, how many properties have you purchased with to get into your portfolio with you and your wife? At the moment, we we've got nine properties in our portfolio. Um, we've got two on the go at the moment that we're, that we're building, um, building a dual key property up in Thornton in the Hunter Valley, and also a four bedroom home in Kurumbong, um, which is the central coast of, of New South Wales. Um, so nine, nine in total at the moment. We have sold a couple over over the years. So the, our first two, we have actually sold those. Um, we sold the, the one in Cranebrook first. Uh, we sold that, I think, about 2015, and that allowed us to pay off our full mortgage on our on our family owned owned home, um, which 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 is fantastic. Just gives you gives us a lot of freedom to do do a lot of things. Um, and we've just and last year we sold the one in Cambridge Park finally, um, and that's going to allow us to do our new new builds that we're doing doing at the moment. So um, buying property and selling the occasional property allows you to allows you to do do some things that you thought you you probably never never be able to do. He finds that the biggest challenge is pushing through fear, especially the fear surrounding how choices can impact day-to-day living expenses. You talk about property and, and the end result, but it's not always very easy. Um, you, do, you do have struggles throughout it. Um, with our, our property at Cambridge Park, um, we, we self-managed for a while, which um, taught me a lot of, lot of lessons. Um, and we actually had tenants that trashed the property. So we, um, 
that that become a bit of a problem at that time um you know but those things are really good lessons moving forward and you get to learn from that but it's it's not always easy and there are times when you go okay well how do we how do we afford the how do we fork the mortgage for next week um but at the end of the day property is usually appreciating um and you've got to really look at that end goal rather than think about exactly what's what's going on on at the time the second property they purchased was in cranbrook another house with a granny flat for that dual income potential it was the third property that really sold investment for them. And the third one we, we we bought was a we actually bought a block, block of land and, and, and built a home um, in Cadens, uh, which was pretty exciting for us because um, it was in an Orchard Hills, which was always a pretty exclusive suburb around Penrith, um, and to actually buy a block of land in Cadens or Orchard Hills was, was you know like like we've made it I guess um, but that that's how we felt as local Penrith people anyway um, but yeah that that that's probably that's that's one of the best decisions decisions I made um, we, we we built that one it's just a four bedroom home we still got that really good tenants uh, uh, um, uh, are in there at the moment um, and then we then we started to to get some land tax bills um, which is something every investor goes oh no um, so I guess we had to we had to have a look at where we're at with our strategy and then and then change um, so we, we then started looking at Queensland um, and we yeah so um, once again we, we looked at a couple of properties in, in Queensland um, built just some some four bedroom homes to get some some decent some decent um, equity and and decent um, rent yields out of which were were pretty much you know by the time they were built and, and rented out they were they were about they were neutral you know might have cost us a little bit a year but wasn't costing us too much um, and then we built we ended up building a, a duplex up at up at Glenvale um, which is out around Toowoomba area um, and and that we we still own that and it, it 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 rents really well now so that that's once the dual dual income strategy again um, once we'd sold a couple in New South Wales and we thought oh hang on we um we can come back to New South Wales now we can start to invest a few um, so we we built a home out at a, a dual key home which is a four bedroom home with a two bedroom granny flat under under the main roof. Um, and we built that one out at out at North Richmond in a in a state called Red Bank. Um, and that, that sort of got us back into back into New South Wales. Um, once again, uh, really well, positively geared geared property. So, um, and I guess then after selling a couple and and we, we then bought a property up Foster um, on the New South Wales North Coast. At, at more of a it's an investment property, but it's also a lifestyle for us as well. We get to go and use that right on the beach um, when when we need to. Um, so. Some of those, those I guess, some of our choices have allowed us to to buy that, um, and to and to use to use that as an investment and also as a as a, as a lifestyle choice as well. It's it's gorgeous and we're up there every every long weekend, you know, when when we can. So yeah, but but also you know it's um it still still returns it turn, still returns a really good good yield during the year as well. Thanks to his years of experience, he's certainly experienced the roller coaster of ups and downs that property investment can strap you in for. When it comes to his worst investing moment, it happened during the time when he was in between jobs. Jobs, I just left Coca-Cola and was thinking about getting into real estate, so doing my license and all, all that sort of thing. So I probably had about six months off um, and thought, oh, I'm going to buy a property and, and renovate it and, and on-sell it. You know, the, the old um, see how much we can make out of a property. So I bought a really, really run-down property in Kingswood um, right across from the uni on a really, really big block of land. Um, 
spent probably about $30,000 doing it up, cleaning it up, um, tidying it up. There was a really, really bad property. It's um, they, They'd taken about eight skip loads of junk out of the property before they put it on the market. Um, it smelt like dog urine it was yeah so it's probably a good property to buy because no one else wanted to buy it so I, I picked it up at the up at the right price but um once once i had had um done it all up put it back on the market we ended up selling it and, and, and probably made about twenty thousand dollars um so not a massive profit um and i guess the biggest the biggest problem with that is that that property is probably worth four times uh, what I bought it for now. Um, so if we would have held that, um, it's right across from the uni. It's uh, an R3 site, which means you can knock it down and put townhouses on. Um, it's an 850 square metre block. So that was probably my worst, worst decision. Um, but at the time, it was once again done out of necessity, not working and, and um, you know, about to go into a new career. So we sort of couldn't afford to hold onto it at that stage. Um, if we would have sort of stuck it out for a year, put a tenant in there, then, you know, it probably would have been the best decision I've made. But um, but on selling it and selling it that quick, it's sort of that, that yeah, it um, sort of took me out of that space and thought, no, I don't want to do this sort of thing for a living. I don't want to, you know, flip houses. That's, yeah, that, that's for the experts. <laughs> but learn a lot of lessons along the way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially doing a renovation and you know you picked it up at a good price by the sounds of it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I guess walking away how long did the renovation take roughly for you for that um, period of time probably about six months by the time it was you know we'd, we'd bought it and done the renovation and then then it had settled so it wasn't wasn't a lot of time um but if you think it's twenty thousand dollars in six months that's you know you can go and work at a pub and earn more money than that and and the amount of work that i was putting into it you know 10 12 hours a day was um yeah certainly was definitely wasn't worth worth the money or the effort he sees that every West Investment moment cloud has a silver lining, which is that he's faithful to the trusty method he's been using ever since. Dual income strategies and, and, and holding on to properties, and that's probably the biggest lesson that for anyone. Um, I know we've sold a couple, but they they were out of they were for lifestyle changes um, allowed us to do to do stuff in our life that that we want to do. Um, but advice to anyone that that, that is buying, yeah, the longer you hold it, the better. Um, especially, especially if you're a young person buying property these days, it's um, you know historically in in Australia, property has doubled every every ten years. So if you can hold on to something for twenty, thirty years, um, you know you may be twenty and buying something now, and it, if you know when you're fifty, you're going to have an amazing asset that you can sell and probably retire at that time. His aha moment goes to show that even when somebody close to you has your best interests at heart. Sometimes it's best to trust your instincts. The one we bought in Cranebrook was my biggest aha moment because um, I just just started working for a local real estate agent up there and, and one of the agents, this property come on the market and I, I thought, oh, yeah, this is, this is looks like the type of property that we're after. Um, but it was in a, in a housing commission area. Um, the area didn't have the greatest, the greatest rap. Um, and the agent sort of saying, "No, mate, don't buy in there. Don't buy in there. That's not gonna, not no good for you, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, you know. Um, and I thought, you know what? I think there's a really good, there's good rental yield here, and you know, I'm not not too too fussed on areas and that sort of thing. And and um, you know, we end up end up purchasing that property. Um, and I think that's probably, and that that's was a really good property for us. Allowed us to to then once we sold it, pay off our own home. 
Um, and I think that's probably the, the moment we said, you know what, we're really confident in what we're doing here um, and, and this is working. Um, and that, that's probably that aha moment. You go, well, you know, I'm not listening to people now. I'm, I'm making my own decisions. Um, you know, obviously, you get as, as much advice and you do as much research as you can for yourself. But until you've sort of got that that confidence to go, yep, this is this is what I want to do and this is why I want to do it. That's when you get that you get that aha moment and go, yeah, this is this is really going to work for us. You mentioned that the agent said to you it wasn't a good purchase, or was it with the agent or someone else that said that? What what was the reason behind that? I think the agent the agent was honestly knew us pretty well and had our had our um, best interests at heart and thought, you know, I wouldn't really recommend my own family to to buy in that area. It was a pretty rough area, um, so he's he's he did have his best interests at heart and and our best interests at heart. But I guess the one of the biggest lessons you learn is is buying investment properties. You've got to take all emotion out of it. Um, You've, give, you've got to, you're buying something that's going to be a business. Um, and when you start bringing emotion into it, you make, you make different decisions. Um, if you look at, look at investment properties purely on, purely on the numbers, rent returns, and then potential growth. And, and obviously I've had seen a few areas where they've been a bit rough and they've, they've been tidied up and all of a sudden they become really, really good areas that people want to buy in. So, so you, you tend to get a lot of capital growth in those areas. Um, yeah, so so that that was that was the the aha moment, and and I know, and I know, and he's still a good mate today, but um, and I know he had our best interests at heart when he was saying no, no, don't buy in that area, mate. He knows both the New South Wales and Queensland markets reasonably well, which meant he was able to make a wise investment choice in what was once a working class suburb near Brisbane. We've got a property up at Yarra Bilba, which is just out of Logan, um, and and it's it's had really good rental yield. We've had about five years, really good rental yield up there, um, but you can just start seeing that now. Like the, the rents have gone up seventy, eighty dollars a week um, now, and and they're starting to get some really good capital growth in that area, and and, and that that's what happens. You know, the people people have to move to where they can afford, um, and they start to start to sprawl out. You know, you look at look at Blacktown, and people move out from Blacktown, and then come to Penrith, and then start looking lower mountains and and those areas. So. Um, the expansion growth of population in, in Australia just means that people need somewhere to live. So those areas at some stage are going to, that they're going to become popular areas and, and you're going to get a lot of capital growth in those areas. After purchasing his second property, Melvin wondered what to do next. Thankfully, he had his sister Kimley to answer that question and many more. Together, they established how he could use his equity to push him further up the investment ladder provided his icy feet didn't slip on the rungs. After the second one, we got a bit of, not, not cold feet, um, but we thought, oh, hang on, you know, what, what, what's next? We're going to buy something a bit a bit newer. Um, so we started looking at a couple of four-bedroom homes just, just established um, and, and, and stuff we could build could build as well and get some some um, depreciation back back through our tax. And and after sort of three or four, I was, I was starting to think, oh, look, I've got a, they're carrying a fair bit of um, fair, fair bit of mortgage risk here, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and I and and to be honest, I, I sort of sat back and went, oh, what do I do next? And um, it was my wife that that sort of 
she said, oh, you know, let, let's just keep going. Just just go, you know, just go for it. Um, yeah, which, which was great because originally she was the one that sort of was hesitant. I was, I was hesitant as well. But then then she said, no, let's just keep going. And she'd, she'd ring Kimberly and say, yeah, we're just going to do this. Don't don't really care what Craig says. Um, just, just, let's, let's just let's just do it. So she sort of, she, she, she kick-started us from, from that point again. So, and, and to be honest, since then, whenever an opportunity has, has come up, um, we've just gone, yep, let, let's just, just jump on it. Um, and the, I guess one of the biggest regrets is not buying double of what we, we purchased over the last, last few years. You know, some some great opportunities came up and we went, yeah, let's let's try something and build something there. But if we would have done two or three in the same area, um, you know, it, it just would have been so much better. For Melbourne and his sister, it goes to show how perspective shapes who you become. For two people that experienced the same upbringing, they walked away with two different understandings. I know this is where where Kimberly's um, passion and driven is coming from, and it probably didn't resonate with me as much. But I remember my dad saying, "I wish we would have bought this." We used to go to Foster as as um, about twenty five years ago, and Dad would go, "Oh, I could have bought that. I could have bought that unit for ninety thousand dollars years ago." And we we're going to buy this, and and we we're going to, and we we're going to, and we never did. Um, you know, and and you think, well, you know, if you did buy it. You know, it's now worth nine hundred thousand. So you know, etc. You know, so and and that Kimberly, I think, always picked up on that, and I and I probably never did. Um, Dad was, yeah, we're going to buy a pub, we're going to do this, we're going to, but um, you know, and I think, I think Kimberly definitely picked up on all that. I, I didn't, um, but I've never heard anyone say, oh, "I wish I didn't, I didn't do something." You know, it's always, especially when it's it's the real estate, it's oh. I wish I would have done this or I could have done this or I could have bought this in, in 1960 or I could have done this and look what it's worth now. And I think, you know, if you can have that perspective going forward, going, okay, well, yes, I did do it. Um, what's it going to be worth in 10, 20 years? If you look at it that way rather than if I don't do it, then then you're always going to be okay. His perspective today is that if you buy in the right area, it's never going to be a lemon, even if you buy at the wrong time. If you hold it long enough, there's going to be a right time. We've bought a, a couple of dual key properties, or built a couple of dual key properties. So we, we looked at looked at um, building, doing house and land packages, um, so we could could gain the depreciation on, on the builds for a tax. So so become so even though they're built as, as positively geared properties, there's there's quite a quite a good return on on depreciation on a newer home. Um, having older properties too, there is a lot of maintenance. Um, with them, you, you have water heaters, you have air conditioners, and those sort of things that you know. That so they, there is that risk that there could be a you know any any day there could be two or three thousand um, dollar cost to replace something. So so you don't I guess yeah yeah exactly. So you don't have that with with a brand new property, um, and brand new properties you tend to get uh, more rent, um, and being a brand new property tenants tend to look after the property a lot better too so um i guess that that that's why we went we went down down that track um yeah and and the two we've got got on on the go one's a dual key and one's just a a, just a a good size four bedroom home because the area we're building in is that sort of that sort of um community you know there's not a lot of lot of investment properties in that area and there's not a lot of that, that dual living um so it sort of fits in really well with with that community one factor to consider with new properties is waiting for the build to be completed as this can impact holding costs. However, if you can hold it, the end result can be well worth it. The ones we're building at the moment, I think October 2020 is when we would have signed a land contract 
for one of them. So that that's been two years that um, we've had to hold hold the land. Um, you do with with a lot of the builders, you, you can get you can get rebates. Um, so a lot of time there's there's a rebate which can go go towards a lot of your lot of your holding costs at that time. Um, but it does it does it does become a cost of cost of doing business. Um, and you, I guess you've just got to be in a position where you can you can hold it. Um, and the beauty of, of, of a few of these is that we have had quite good capital growth on the blocks of land um, in, in the time. Um, and I guess, you know, what we've done beforehand has allowed us to be able to, to hold something and, and be able to hold something until we, until we get some income, um, knowing that it's going to have really good capital growth and once it's built, it's going to, it's going to pay itself back, you know, tenfold. So um, it, it is a different strategy. Um, and having having a, a sister that's a mortgage broker too is is a very very good advantage um and and you know being able to use use different different types of lenders and not not always just relying on the top four banks but there are there are great lenders out there that that will allow you to to do things um a little bit differently uh, and that, that that's one of the biggest learnings is that don't just always yeah, look look at a bank talk to a broker the brokers have so many better options and than, than a bank the bank thinks about them and that's it whereas a broker is thinking about the client themselves so um there are ways and means of, of especially with construction loans and, and things like that to to make sure you can can always 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 make something work the strategy that, that we employ is to use the equity to to be able to go on and do the next property um if we had to come up with our own cash we we just wouldn't be able to do it you know so so it, it's it's the decisions you've made beforehand that that really allow you to make make the next the next decisions um, and using the equity from from one to, to move on to the other. When he was bitten by the real estate bug, he did a great job of latching on. From there, he became as emotionally invested as he was financially. And really started to look at real estate and following what was happening in real estate and looking everywhere and et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, having a few mates in real estate and talking to them at the time went, well, this is, this looks like the perfect opportunity, you know, I can go to work and, and really, really enjoy what I do. Um, and also real estate, it, it's very similar to the hospitality industry. You know, you're dealing with people and customers all the time. So, um, you know, you're not stuck in an office nine to five. You're, you're out and about talking to people, meeting with people, going into their homes. Um, I love going in and having a look at look at people's homes, um, what they've done to them. Um, some of the older older homes as well, some big mansions and, and, and things like that. So I've just got a, a real, real passion for, for real estate. Um, and, and, and the biggest part of it and, and something that I probably didn't look at when I moved in is just every day you get a chance to, to change someone's life. Um, you get you get the opportunity, you know, to, to sell them a dream home or make or make their dream their dream come true. Um, and when you do, and I think you mentioned it earlier, when you do have that a sale, it is such a high that it's, until you've done it, it, it's you can't explain it. Um, there are a lot of lot of lows in real estate, and you do a lot of hours for no work. Um, but when, when something does come off and you just see someone handing someone some keys and they're just so excited to move into their new home, that just, that just resonates with you and just everything, everything comes back to you at at that point, go, well, yeah, this is, this is why I'm doing this. One of Malvin's greatest passions is to help people, which real estate allows him to do. It also allows him to spot some great gems for himself to add to his own portfolio. But he's careful not to take advantage of his position. And being in that that situation, if, if the right property came up, then 
I probably had other other people or other buyers that I'd I'd, I'd I'd let know about those opportunities as well. So I think I didn't I, sort of at that stage we were looking more to Queensland and at that stage because of because of land tax, um, you know. So it was sort of with, yeah, and and then different opportunities with building and and rather than buying established properties. Um, but it gave me a really good perspective for a lot of my clients to go, okay, well this is what I've done. Um, this is the sort of property you should look at, and and still I've got a lot of clients that. From, from those days that you know that, that are really good clients of ours that have that have gone on and and built built dual key homes and and, and newer homes um and that just sort of gives you yeah you know, it gives you an advantage i think in, in that industry that you know especially when you're talking to investors you can talk talk on a different level um on on, on what they're actually looking for and most people most people i've found really don't know what they want um but you can help them discover what they want and when you when you let them know sort of what's what opportunities are available and, and and what's around and when that that when that perfect property comes on the on the books and you ring that person and say hey you have to come around and see this property now because um, this is exactly what you need that's 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 the best part of real estate. He was at his previous real estate agency for nine years and leapt straight into sales. Before we started Linda Group, I'd never done any property management, um, so so I learned very quickly what property management was all about, um, and still learning every day because um, it, it is a different beast um, to, to sales. Um, but no, no purely purely sales um, in the Penrith area. And to me, um, it doesn't matter if it's a I'm leasing a house out or I'm selling a house. I still get the same buzz, you know. Um, and, and and one of the things I really pride myself on. In property management is I can see, I can see from a um, an investor's perspective um, how important it is to to get your tenants into your house and get them in as quick as you can. Um, you know, and that's that's I guess one of the things I really pride myself on is 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 getting if someone's moving out of a house, well, how do we get a tenant in here? You know, as quick as as quick as we can, so there's no no loss of income to to the owner. Um, you know, and and you know all those little tips and tricks and those sort of things from dealing in sales and, and being it for so long that okay well we can we can make this work and um yeah so I, I guess I've come come to property management with a completely different perspective um and not a lot of property management baggage I guess. With over 130 properties that he's managing he has no fewer than 130 stories to share. We've been very very lucky we haven't had too many challenges um you know, we've had we've had some during COVID. It was was pretty tough. Um, we had a lot of tenants, obviously that that, that that couldn't work and and um and 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 pay pay their rent every week and and and, and that sort of thing. So they, they start to fall behind. And um, but we've been lucky. We've had some really good owners that that you know that went okay. It's COVID. We understand. Um, and and if if people are genuinely having problems. Most people are quite acceptable of that, and uh, they'll work in with them, you know. So, um, we, we we had someone that felt quite fell quite far behind, it was about six thousand dollars behind in rent um, during COVID, and and they've now they've now caught all their rent up, and they're they're, they're one of our, our best tenants. Um, just someone that just was just COVID just hit them that bad that, that they had no income, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, yeah, haven't had too many too many dramas. Um, you know, you get the, you get the day to day things that you know silly things do with air conditioners and light switches and light bulbs and, and and those sort of things you know people ring you on a sunday oh, i need my light bulbs changed um just just all those little things that that yeah i guess they can do your head in at some stage if you, if you look at them the wrong way um 
which I tend to do sometimes. Um, but it's just, once again, it's like any job you do. It's managing people um, and, and being able to manage it the right way. When it comes to working with his sister, Melvin appreciates that it feels like it's all come full circle. And I guess when we when you sat, we sat down three years ago, it was okay. Well, how can we how can we make this a, a full circle thing? You know, um, how can we be a one stop shop for for all of our existing clients, um, which, which Kimberly has thousands of um, from over the years? Um, so how can we be that one stop shop and really really? And I, I guess our tagline is Linda Group Property Property Made Easy, and that that's what we want to do for people. We want to make property easy because it's not a hard thing um, if you know what you're doing. And, and you've got the right tools, it is it is very easy. Um, and that's not just for investors or landlords, it's for tenants as well. So um, one of our biggest things is, is we love to educate people. Um, and and we've got so many so many young people now that, that are buying the first and second properties um, through our investment, investment arm and and that gives us the greatest pleasure. Um, my son, my son bought his first investment property last year. Um, yeah, which is a dual key property up in up in um, Gilson Heights in, in the Hunter Hunter area, um, and he's got enough equity now where he's going to do his second one, um, which is over in Perth, you know. So, um, and 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 so many of Kimberley's kids' friends have have come on board and and been able to buy property, and and I just think, wow, look look at the opportunities they've got at, at 22, 23 years of age. That when they get to my age, which I'm 52 now, um, you know, if I would have been able to do that at 22, oh my God, you know, we were, what position would I be in now? You know, and I just, I just think it, it's, it's absolutely fantastic, and that, that gives it, that gives me the greatest pleasure seeing these these young people going. You know what? Um, they're gonna, they're gonna have have a great life. You know, they they could, they could stop at two or three properties. They could get to Kimberley's point no 40 odd um but that's they've started that journey already and and they see the power of property and the power of where they're where they're going to be in in 10 15 20 years much of the younger generation says it's too hard to get into the market and they don't know where to start thankfully melvin has a solution for all of them and kids these days seem to have a lot of disposable income um you know that they are earning earning good money. You know, um, especially a lot of the young tradies and, and plumbers and, and, and things like that. That um, you know, but they just don't know what to do, and they don't have the edu- Excuse me, they don't have the education, um, and and that's all it is. You know, it, it's knowing and trusting a process, and once you know and trust that process, um, it, it can be quite easy. Despite his connections. He isn't one to take others' knowledge without learning all he can himself. I've never been a, a, a massive reader, um, yeah, or, or a podcaster. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I do, yeah, I, I do, I do look at magazines and, and, and things and, and and read a lot. Um, I, I now do a lot of research online, um, you know, realestate.com and, and and read at property investment articles and things like that. But I never sort of use that as a as a resource, um, I've always you sort of done my own research and, and looked at areas and and driven to areas and had a look at them and 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 done that sort of thing. Sort of got out and about rather than than listening and and reading what what other people have done. Um, I guess I, I've had I've had Kimberly there to guide me now for a long way, and, and what she's done is is is, is an inspirational, incredible. Um, but I've also had a lot of support from from other people in the family too. So you know that um, 
that that sort of support um, and just knowing and trusting a process that that's that's sort of I think sometimes more valuable than than actually than actually doing podcasts and and research and and things like that. Um, yeah, I used to I, I used to go to a lot of lot of seminars and and things like that um, when I was with when I was with my previous uh, real estate agency, um, but. They, they, those sort of things used to sort of get me excited for for a week or so, um, you know, get you motivated. But then I never really, really did anything from that, you know. So it's sort of like a an addiction, I guess. It gave you a bit of a high for high for a week and motivation, and then, you know, and then okay, when's the next? When's the next seminar? Accountability and a support system are great things to have, and is a good pair of listening ears. And I guess one thing I've always in all, all my all my career is always listen to, to others um, you know and and sort of you know look to look look to who the people that are the leaders in organizations and things like that and go okay well what can what can I gain from someone like that um, and, and take their take their advice um, rather than sort of just going and, and seeing someone at a, at a seminar etc you know people that have been there done that um, and I think that that's one of the things I've always look to try and find someone that's been there done that and had a chat to them about you know, how did this work what happened um why did you get into it and find out the how and the why um rather than sort of reading someone else's opinion or or listening to someone else it's you know i think face to face talking to people gets you so much more benefit than, than than going to a seminar or something like that if you said you know you you met yourself say 10 years ago what do you think you would have said to him probably the same thing i say to myself now is why didn't you start earlier you know go back and go back go back and start in early 2000 um buy more property um you know um and and just just enjoy enjoy the journey you know that's um it can be can be stressful it can be can be hard um but always look at look at the end goal what's you know where where things going to go and it's an, an end to a means where you know when when i'm 60 you know where am i going to be you know what is is, is superannuation going to keep me in a lifestyle that i like no it's not you know so how do we how do we create a life for ourselves um moving forward in the next sort of 20 30 years and then moving forward i guess into the future what are you most excited about in your journey next in your property journey in your life <laughs> retirement <laughs> and travel um which is probably not got nothing to do with property but property is going to allow us to allow us to do that um I guess we're at the point now where we once once the next two are built, um, we'll step back and say, okay, exactly what what position are we in at the moment? Um, can we consolidate some properties? Um, what are we going to want and need to to be able to take that next next journey in life? Um, yeah, we we haven't travelled a lot, but we want to really start travelling travelling the world. Um, we've got a trip booked for America at the end of this year, so. I'm sure I'm going to really get the travel bug um, from from that. Um, that was a trip I was supposed to do for my fiftieth, but COVID put a put an end to that. So, uh, but that's a, that's a, that's all right. We're on. Hopefully, we're going to be in a position where we can can really enjoy enjoy what we what we've created over the last sort of 10, 15 years, and and getting in a property that that that's what allowed that allows you to to have that lifestyle that you're going to enjoy. What what are some of the places that you love to go to as well besides America? We want to go over to Italy, Greece. Um, we do love cruising. Um, you know, just um, cruising anywhere at any time. Um, 
yeah, so mate, mate, mostly in America, Hawaii. We've been to Hawaii. Um, yeah, that that's probably about it, I guess. At the start, I want, I want to go and have a look at Canada. Um, but I guess once I start doing some more travel and doing a bit more research, there'll probably other places to go. Yeah, we have to go and go and see, go and see those areas for sure. How much of your success do you think has been due to hard work, intelligence, skill, and how much of it do you think has been due to luck? I, I say a hundred percent to hard work and skill um, because I've always said that the harder you, harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, I guess that's that's a motto I've always lived by. Um, and if you work hard, you will get lucky. So I think it's all it all works in works in to into the one. Um, yes, we have been lucky. Yes, we've had some periods where we bought at the right time and and, and the market's exploded. Um, but I think with property, it's always the right time to buy um, and then, then wait, you know. So it's, I guess there, there is a bit of luck. Um, you, you, may, you may buy right now and all of a sudden the market crashes, who knows. But in 10 years' time, you're not going to be behind. You know the, the the property market's going to bounce back, going to bounce back at some stage. Um, one of the, one of the best pieces of advice I, I, I've ever got was um, to predict the future, look back at the past, and if you have a look at the past and have a look at how properties performed in Australian history, that'll give you a really good idea on what's what's going to happen into the future. Um, and if you just trust that it's a, a long process rather than a short-term short-term investment um then then you're going to be fine history can say a lot about the present and future which malvin knows all too well the media drives a lot of a lot of the property market um and you know you, you look at the moment and, and and it's not a great time for property um you know record interest or well, not record interest rates but the highest interest rates we've had in had in 10 years and banks banks are going broke over in america so you know there, there, there are scary things at the moment but as you said, you look at look back at two, 2008, the GFC, what happened, and then then look at what house prices were in 2008. Then look in 2010, and and just see how how much they they kicked, and then they kicked again in 2013. And I remember being in the Penrith area where a, a three bedroom home was was three hundred fifty thousand, and overnight it was five hundred thousand. You know, so it just crazy. And, and I was ringing clients and say, hey, I can get you five hundred thousand dollars for your home. Do you want to sell? And you know, and they're going, no, you couldn't. I said, well, yeah, yeah, come on the market, and we'll get you five hundred thousand. I know upgrading, and yeah, it was a great time. Um, but but that's that's. But you, you just look at that and go, okay, well, that is going to happen again at some stage. Thank you to Craig Malvin, our guest on this episode of Property Investory.